Over the last few weeks, we've been uh, thinking together about uh, sort of why, what is church and, and sort of why do we gather as church? Why do we come together as church? And we've been thinking about uh, worship and fellowship and encouragement. Uh, and uh, last week, I know uh, Philip Cam uh, led uh, the service on, on mission, uh, being uh, uh, that we come together in order to help and facilitate God's mission. And um, today, I want to think a little bit about this call. When Jesus says uh, to Levi, come, follow me. Just, uh, uh, or in fact, in this one, just two words, follow me. Uh, and uh, there is uh, within that a, uh, uh, you know, a huge revolution uh, in his life. Uh, we're told he got up, left everything, and followed him. There, there is a complete sort of turning over, turning round, uh, and uh, uh, everything in his life will now be changed because he has responded to Jesus. He's become one of Jesus' followers. And I'll, I want to sort of think about that question. How does coming together for church help us better be followers of Jesus? How does it make us better disciples? Um, and... Uh, uh, and I want to think about it this morning in a particular way. Uh, we're, gonna th- we're often told, aren't we, that we're living in a time of a climate crisis. We're going to be thinking about the crisis in Ukraine later on, and that's really important. And we're going to give our whole time of prayer over to that later. And that's really important. But we are told, aren't we, that we, we're living in a time of climate crisis. Now, when I think of following after Jesus... I don't think about the climate crisis. I think about reading my Bible and saying my prayers and trying to love people and trying to tell them about Jesus if I get the opportunity. I think about those things. Those seem to be to be what it means to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus. And then I, but then I sort of start thinking, well, is, is there any difference? Is there any difference being a follower of Jesus when it comes to the world around us, the climate, the crisis that we face. And, and to help us think about that question this morning, I'm delighted that there are two people who are going to help me have a little conversation. And I'm, I'm, Simon and Hannah have, have, have very kindly um, offered to come and have a conversation about this. Now, the idea this time is it's a little bit different. And if people have got ideas from the congregation, I want you to pipe up, okay? If you're talking nonsense, I'll tell you, all right? Um, but I would like you to, 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 so that we can have a conversation about how do we follow Jesus? How do we follow Jesus in the midst of what people tell us is a really, really sort of what the boffins call an existential threat? Oh, there you are, existential threat. Don't really know what that means. I think it means that we might all die, okay? So what does it mean to follow Jesus in this way, okay? Right, so I'm, I'm hoping Simon and, and Hannah are going to come and sort of help us try and answer that question. Uh, but as I say, there'll be lots of other people who will, will have ideas. And if you're, particularly if you're a young person, if you're someone at school and you've got a good answer, please don't think that you can't give it. So I'm going to ask them, who's going to go first? Are you going to go first? What is it? Yeah. 
Sorry. Yep. Tom, you weren't here last week. I gave them all the answers. Did you? So, yeah. Excellent. Um, so I will talk later on about the Lent course, but I think you should question Hannah. Okay? Okay. <laughs> Don't go away. Don't go away. <laughs> go for it. So how, how does... I know this is some, it's an issue close to your heart, isn't it? <laughs> You're a proper eco-warrior. So how does following Jesus make a difference to you in this part, um, in, in this issue, in this subject? What, what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus in, in the midst of a climate crisis? Um, well, I think God's whole story that he's doing is about redemption. And, um, and the earth is part of that. So Jesus is part of the, the way that we have been and are being redeemed and the earth along with us. Um, but I think as stewards of creation, we are also part of the redemption story. That's kind of my take on it. And, um, and I also sort of... Um, I guess um, myself, I sort of try to look at each thing and each kind of activity and each decision, I suppose, in a, in a way that, I mean, I'm not saying I do this all the time, <laughs> um, but in a way that um, sort of thinks about that redemption. How can I use this thing, do something in a way or you know, think about something differently so that um, the redemption of creation is being um, made more possible through what I'm doing. Just for anyone who might be slightly confused, when you use the word redemption, what, what, what would you mean by, what would you mean by redemption? How, how, what, can you sort of try and unpack that a bit for us? Is that, what, what is, um, what is, what well, is, I suppose it's, it's, kind of like restoration um, and there's probably some other right. to yeah. That, yeah. That anybody want anyone in the congregation want to have a go How, what do we mean when we say redeem or redemption what, what go on anyone have a anyone have a pop at that Brian So it was good, but now it's even better. So when God creates the world and he says that it's really good, somehow, through Jesus' death and resurrection, it's not just us that can step into a new life. It's the whole of creation that can step into a new life. But it doesn't look like that, does it? It doesn't look like that. It looks a mess. And we keep sort of, you know, you keep hearing about species going extinct and pollution and the seas filling up with plastic and all sorts of horrible things like that. So what, how, do we, how do we follow Jesus when all this is happening? 
with difficulty. But um, I mean, I was thinking about this a lot. <laughs> um, and I was thinking that really, um, I reckon. I think Jesus was a really good observer. I think that's like one of one of his key skills. He used to just see exactly what was going on. And I think that if we sort of tried to kind of practically notice more, notice what we're doing more, um, notice what we're using more, notice all of the kind of um, I guess, items or activities that we're kind of engaging with and just try to be a bit more Jesus about those things, just noticing them. Right. Noticing what is this thing? Where did it come from? How was it grown? What is it packaged in? What is the waste product? What is the side effect? And just having a little bit more, trying to have a bit more of an, um, I mean, it's kind of um, what everybody's doing now, isn't it? Mindfulness. Um, <laughs> but try to be a bit more mindful about everything that we're sort of engaging with. And um, I would say that's a really good first step. Right. And then, um, and then after that, you can kind of, once you can see exactly what you're doing <laughs> um, and the way that you're sort of impacting um, things around you, then um, you might then decide to make some decisions about changing some of them, or you might not. <laughs> That's a really good point, a really good point. Noticing, noticing, yeah. yeah. What would you say to somebody who's quite stressed and finds it hard just to get from one end of the day to the other. How, how would you, how would you, what would you say to them about noticing? How, 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 would, how can they notice? How can Jesus help them to notice? Um. <laughs> Sorry, these aren't remotely the question I said. No, I was they getting. aren't at all. <laughs> um, I mean, I think if, yeah, okay. So Jesus isn't wanting to stress us out, um, I don't think. Um, but um, I think some of these things are sort of dual purpose. They're not just about saving the planet. They're actually things that can um, simplify our lives, maybe, and also um, you know, make us more healthy, possibly, mental, mentally and physically, you know. Um, so it's so noticing, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you're so stressed you can't notice anything, then, um, you know, I, yeah. I probably talked to Andreas about that rather <laughs> than me, but <laughs> if, if, you, if you have got at least five minutes to just, you know, sort of think, or, or just at the beginning of each activity that you do, or um, whatever, you just sort of try and take a little bit of time for um, being mindful about what you're about to do. Right. Um, yeah. And then 
and then if you have noticed some things which might um, be having a negative impact on the planet in some way, you might also notice that they're having a negative impact on you. Um, and sometimes there are things that actually, you know, don't beat yourself up, but just choose something that will have um, a positive impact in more than one way, and then it's kind of like a win-win. Um, yep. If we're moving on to that. Do you have any, any examples of how that's, that's made a difference in your life or, or, or other examples you can think of? Because um, we, all, we all know about reduce, reuse, recycle and, and things like this and, and these are all really good things but I, I'm just wondering what, what's, what's different about us as believers, as followers of Jesus like Levi, come follow me. What is different for us as the, as the people of God? She doesn't drive a Ferrari. No, no, you'll see a Hannah on her bike. It's uh, come rain or shine. I think um, the difference might be that, as with all versions of falling short of the best thing that we could be doing, we don't have to be guilt-ridden about it. Yeah. We can, um, you know, I'm sure there would... I'm sure God would help to pinpoint some things in your life if you asked him to that were actually um, doable, um, changeable, easily, relatively easily. I mean, it's not always about ease. No. <laughs> Sometimes you do have to do something that's a bit difficult, you know, that, but that's, you know, again, it's a choice. It's, it's, you've always got to weigh up, is this going to completely cripple me while I'm saving the planet. It's, we don't want to do that, do we? So, no. um, but I'm sure that that is the main difference. It's about God can help convict us about what we can do to change and improve um, without us feeling a heavy burden that, yeah. that, that we yeah. can't, can't deal with. Yeah, I think, I think it's a really, really important point. It's not about making us all feel guilty. Um, you know, there's plenty of that going on. We, we, I don't think that's what... Don't, you know, when, when, when Levi responds to Jesus, it's, it, Jesus doesn't say, come follow me because you're a bad person um, or you've done bad things or you've been really bad in the past. He's a tax collector. He just says, follow me. And Levi is so thrilled that he responds. And the, the next thing he does is throws a party. Um, so it's, it's not about making us feel awful. Um, I mean... Just, just this point about noticing. Uh, a, c- a couple of years ago, um, we, we started composting at home, which we'd never done before. Um, and so the first step was a bit painful because we had to buy a big plastic compost bin, okay? Which I thought, this is, I'm buying a big piece of plastic. But anyway, I bought a big piece of plastic, which is now in the backyard. And we put our peelings and things in there. And do you know what? You can put peelings into a compost bin, okay, and worms appear. How does that work? I don't know how it works. But if you take the lid off the bin at the right moment, they'll be thick with worms, like a big wodge of them like this. And the first few times I didn't realise they were there and they fell out. And I'm trying to pick them up and put them back in like this, which is, still like it. But they make worms. And I thought that's a little miracle. Compost makes worms. See, I've noticed something. Is that an example? 
Um, Possibly, but not I'm quite what I'm you were thinking. I'm not sure about your biology, but... Um, <laughs> I'm know. sure the compost helps make the worms, yes. Right, right, yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah. With Lent coming up now, you know, we've got Shrove Tuesday and Ash Wednesday. Is there anything specific, any, anything that particularly you would be encouraging people to do during Lent? I would say if all you can do in Lent is start to notice better what you're doing and what you're, how you're impacting on the planet and everything else, then that is an amazing thing that you can do. But um, maybe in the next couple of days before Lent, if you do already start to notice <laughs> some things, and just maybe just choose, well, and pray as well, obviously. Um, but maybe, maybe just choose one or two things that, that will be dual purpose, like I was suggesting. Like, um, you know, it is, it, it is actually <laughs> sometimes really nice to do the right thing. <laughs> You can get a bus instead of driving a car, especially if you're retired and it's free, please. You can read a book. It's amazing. I don't get enough time to read books. If I could get the bus, I could read a book. That would be brilliant. So that's helping me and it's helping the planet. If you walk, you're getting exercise. It's helping me. It's helping the planet. But, you know, don't, don't suddenly go, I've got to give up my car and not ever drive again. Just maybe one regular journey that you do that you could potentially substitute walking. You know, sometimes it just takes a little bit more planning in advance so that you leave a little bit earlier or whatever. But it's something that would be, you know, it's a win-win. It's a win-win. And then, I mean, there's loads of things that you can obviously do. Um, but, you know, things that, I mean, there's been a lot of talk recently about um, cutting down on animal products. You know, you don't have to be completely vegan from scratch, you know, totally in one fell swoop. You could maybe halve the amount of meat you have at a mealtime rather than cutting it out completely. Um, or don't have meat one day, have meat the next day. You know, you might actually find that you love vegetables so much that you don't really need that much meat anymore. I always think that meat is a lovely thing for giving flavour, but you can just use a tiny little bit and add a load of beans or <laughs> things like that. Um, but, but yeah, I, th I, I would really, really, really encourage the noticing thing and, may, and be prayerful about it. Um, notice and be mindful and prayerful about what's happening, um, what impact you might be causing that you might be able to change. Um, and then do something about it if you feel convicted. Brilliant. Brilliant. Don't go away. Right. You're going to mention about, particularly about diet. Are you going to talk about diet? I'm going to talk, talk about lens. Lens. Cool. Don't go away. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I think, I spoke yet last week about environment being a mark of mission and again building on that um, Hannah's points not feeling guilty but being guided by the Holy Spirit about what God can do for you and I think there's two things really building on the point Hannah was saying about noticing that as you're aware of the situation in Ukraine we're going to pray about that later on there's one thing that stood out for me is a Ukrainian MP basically said Do you know what this weekend I was planning to do some gardening and plant some bulbs, but instead I'm having to arm myself and defend myself. So in terms of noticing during Lent, 
just appreciate we have peace in this country, we can, we can garden, we can enjoy natural space, but maximise the benefit we have in this country during Lent about peace and God's creation. That's a really practical thing we can do as well as pray for the situation in Ukraine. So appreciate what we've got and use it. For those who want to do, um, feeling being nudged about finding out a bit more about creation care, we are going to do a course on Lent, in Lent. It's using this booklet called Live Lent, uh, published by the Archbishop a couple of years ago, and it follows six weeks themed around the six days of creation. So energy and light, water, land and plants, can't even read this one, stars and seasons, uh, creatures of sea and sky, humans and other animals. And it's basically looking at a Bible verse over the week, some actions you can do in a structured way. So if that is for you, we're going to start on March the 8th. It will be six weeks. If you can only come to three, that's fine. But, if you, um, but also you'll be given a booklet, something to read and study, and would meet every Tuesday for six weeks, starting on March the 8th, from half seven to nine o'clock at someone's house locally, and basically look at a Bible passage, pray, work out an action we can do, and then report back next week. So that's also something we're doing in a sort of structured way, supported by the PCC. But I think just, just my comment on that, Hannah's point, of just letting God help you notice um, what he wants you to do. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, I think one of the challenging things I, I, I find um, about living in Spark Hill is the number of people, um, particularly um, South Asian people, but not exclusively, who have a wonderful, wonderful diet, um, and it's totally meat-free, totally meat-free. Um, and um, I, I, I find that a real uh, challenge and a delight. Um, and <clears throat> the, 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 the boffins, the researchers, tell us that um, <clears throat> a lot of most... Um, meat farming um, in the world is, is not the rather beautiful scenes that you see of sheep and cows and stuff on, on hillsides just munching grass. It's actually in sheds, um, industrially produced. Um, and obviously the land that produces the feed could be producing food for human beings. Um, so if during Lent um, you, you, you wanted uh, to join uh, with me uh, in, in having a meat-free Lent, uh, then, um, then, then let me know. Um, and it's always easier to do things with other people. Um, and if there are of you are sitting there already thinking, well, I, I'm already going to have a meat-free then, thank you very much, and I'm going to be fine. Well, you know, the Lord will lead you to something else. Uh, but if you want to, I'm going to have a crack at it. Okay, I'm going to have a crack at it. Um, <laughs> so I, I have to confess, there is a pork pie in the fridge, which I shall eat tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> all right. So do have a weakness for pork pies. So anyway... Um, but we will save that up for the next one for Easter Sunday. Um, but but um, I'm going to try, okay? I'm going to try. So if anyone wants to try with me, just let me know, and, and we'll, we'll try and, and do that and do that, uh, do that fast uh, together. Anything else you want to say? I was, I was just thinking, um, the noticing thing, that you'll have loads of questions probably, and you won't know the answer to some of the things that you kind of notice, like where does this come from? You know, sometimes it tells you, sometimes it doesn't. Um, you know, and if 
I'm sure in the Lent sessions and potentially at church, if, if there are kind of things that people are grappling with, you know, is it better to have almond milk, you know, from Im- imported from the, from the US or actually locally produced cow's milk maybe? You know, those are questions that are not easy to answer, but it would be great if there was a, a bit of a conversation um, yeah. that we could have about it and grapple together. Yeah, great. So it's not about guilt. Um, It's not about just copying everybody else. It's about following Jesus. And it's about saying, if we follow Jesus, what does that mean for the way in which we care for this world which has been created by him? Um, What does it mean? What's different for us as Christians about caring for creation? So maybe we've begun the conversation. Anyone else want to... um, um, Anyone else want to say anything? I I, I know it's not always easy to stand up and say something, but please, thinking particularly of young people we have with us this morning, um, anyone anyone want to to say anything? Debbie, go for it. Lent journey last year was driven by Isabel and Joe. Right. Oh, thank you. So if you don't have a young person in your household, go and find one and talk to them about these issues because they have a lot to say. They do. And concerns about this. Yes. Um, But we had a green Lent last year um, and sort of posted about that. Just really simple things like we looked at food one week and made a commitment to one week in the month to only buy British fruit and veg, which is actually really hard in January. <laughs> um, but, you know, just, it was just a simple thing. Water, we had a leaky tap. We committed to mending that <laughs> and only having maybe one bath a week, you know. It's just um, little things, looking at who you get your energy from. Yeah, so if we can do it, then you can. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I think young people do have a really important part to play in this because it, it's, it's your world um, and it's going to be your world for a great deal longer than it's going to be our world. Um, so um, we do want to hear that voice. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's wonderful. Thank you. There's a statement here from um, Bishop David, our bishop. Um, That's a little bit small, so I'll I'll just read it out. Uh, The dreadful acts of war that have returned to Europe lead to an urgent call for immediate ceasefire, withdrawal by the aggressor, and renewed efforts for security. In seeking justice and supporting courageous and wise peacemakers, Christians will start the holy season of Lent by keeping this Ash Wednesday, 2nd of March, as a day of prayer and fasting. So Bishop David is recommending to us that we do use Wednesday as a day to pray and fast uh, and uh, to pray for the people of Ukraine. Uh, You would have all seen the pictures and heard the reports. I I, I really don't want to add to that, but I do want us to spend a few minutes together now praying for Ukraine. And if in the midst of those minutes you feel God prompting you 
to stand and to cry out to him, then please feel free to do that. But we'll have some time to pray in silence for these people. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We are conscious that war has returned to Europe, to our continent, in a way not seen for decades. We confess that too often we feel that wars elsewhere are someone else's business. We confess that we cannot feel this about this one. And we know all too well that it could spread and engulf our entire continent in deep and terrible conflict. Lord, we see the pictures and we see people who are just like us and their lives are being torn apart. We pray for those who are vulnerable. We pray for those who are already refugees. 
We pray for those caught up in the armed forces, both the willing and the unwilling. Lord, we dare to pray for an end to this war before it takes root, before it might spread. We pray, Lord, that you would somehow miraculously bring a change of heart and mind to President Putin, to lead him to draw back from the precipice of spreading conflict through Europe. We pray for all those in positions of power and authority in Ukraine. We pray for all those in positions of power and authority in the nations of the world. Lord, we know that peace is not a given. It needs to be prized and cherished. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We join together in the words of the Lord's Prayer as we say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Do you want to? Are you good? Give us a second. Here you go, Fritz. Um, I just wanted to share something um, that I found really helpful this week. I have no idea how to pray for Ukraine. Um, some of you might already be using the Lectio 365 podcast. It's, it's a resource from the 24-7 prayer movement. And on, I think it was on Thursday, they stopped the usual broadcast, as it were, to focus on praying for Ukraine. Which, and I, re I really recommend looking at it, listening to it, praying with it. But this one section really touched me. Holy Spirit, I pray for the church in Ukraine a nation in which 70% of the population call themselves Christians. Give my many brothers and sisters in that nation courage in this crisis, that they may proclaim the good news of your kingdom by your power. Bind up broken hearts with your compassion and bring comfort to all who mourn. Kyrie eleison, Lord, have mercy. I've just noticed that uh, we have some lovely visitors. Lloyd and Debbie are here. 
do you want to just, just come and do you want to come and just say how you doing? Do you want to come and say how you doing? How's, how's your new church? Do you want to do that? Go and say, it's lovely to see you. Very, very lovely. So um, just come and tell us how your, how your new church is and how you're getting on and how you're missing us dreadfully. <laughs> Hi. Um, obviously, we, we left here in December. and We're technically still not members of the new church. Uh, we're being welcomed on the 13th of March. Um, and I do miss her and miss my friends. Uh, but I know that God wants me there. And um, I'm getting to know people, which is, for me, I always find quite difficult because I'm quite shy. Um, so, yeah, it's been quite good. Um, we started going back into the prison last week was the first time the prison ministry I I think they came here before um, loud bunch but there was only three only three of us four of us are allowed in but only three of us could go that time and that was really um, really good um, the, only one wing can come at a time usually like the, the whole prison gets invited but because of Covid only one wing but out of that wing I think at one session there was 12 and the first session there was about seven um, it was very special, um, and we did um, about Jonah, which was very good. Brilliant. You... Brilliant. Yeah. How are you getting on, sir? Ditto. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's been really good. I, um, what prompted uh, our visit also this morning was uh, hearing that uh, some good friends were having a new season and, and uh, moving on as well. So people wanted to be here to uh, say goodbye and pray for them as well. Brilliant. So, Brilliant. Yes. Really nice to see you. And, um, and, uh, and, and yes, are you, are, you, are you able to walk to church now? Can you, can you walk? You, that's what, I know that's why you were, you were very keen to do that, weren't you? Do we, though? <laughs> we are going to take up the challenge for Lent. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good to see you. It really is. Really is. Yeah. It's good to be yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> and um, actually, um, just just reminded um, while sitting here, just a couple of other little things. Well, not sorry. A couple of other important things. Um, Firstly, today is Ivan's birthday. Many of you know Gwen and Ivan, and today is Ivan's birthday. I think he's 93 today. So he's. Gwen told me that they'd be on the Zoom. So I don't know if we're able to turn and give them a wave. Would that be all right? Give them a wave and, and say, happy birthday to Ivan. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Um, and um, I've just been reminded, uh, it is in the email, but on Tuesday night, um, on Tuesday evening, uh, 7.30 uh, till about 9 o'clock, we're going to have some time here in church for Liz and Summer uh, to share a bit more um, about their um, sort of journey over the last few months. So we, obviously we've heard a little bit in services, but that will be an opportunity to have some question and answer, a sort of deeper talk, and then a chance to pray for them. So that's Tuesday evening, 7.30 here at church. Brilliant. We're going to sing our final... Oh, Alison, sorry, sorry, brilliant. The colour of... 
Yes, Colour of Hope on Thursday. Um, that's, uh, we're, we're looking, yeah, really, really good meeting, and we're meeting monthly, first Thursday of the month, by Zoom, um, and we're looking at education this week, um, and what does it mean to be uh, part of education that overcomes barriers between uh, uh, people of different uh, racial backgrounds. So, yes, 7.30 by Zoom. It's all on the email. If anyone doesn't get the email, I'm working on it. Okay? Great. We're going to sing our final hymn together. Uh, we don't have any accompaniment for this one, so it's um, the th we, we three will give it a go, but it's How Great Thou Art, and everybody knows how great thou art, so we will enjoy singing this together. So, please stand. Um, really grateful Sahani and Aisha leading us.
Let's say this prayer through together. May 